and welcome. I'm Victor Fernandez of Fit Family Foundations, and I'm here to say the foundation of your family's health begins with you. Hello and welcome once again to the Fit Family Foundations podcast. I am your host, Victor Fernandez. Thank you for joining me as you do each and every week, because frankly, it's it's much more fun to run my mouth when someone's actually listening. Now, today, though, I'm going to sit back and listen to what my special guest has to share, because I'll be joined by a fellow entrepreneur and business owner in the health and fitness world who I've gotten to know and admire over the last couple of years. So if you haven't done so already, you'll want to subscribe to this show so you'll be among the first to know when this episode drops. And while you're doing that, leave a great review and, of course, share this show with anyone and everyone you cross paths with in life because you guessed it, we're going to be talking about generational health because our next guest specializes in strength and conditioning and his client roster over the past two decades has featured athletes who have reached the highest levels in professional and amateur sports. We're talking NFL, NBA, MLB, professional soccer, swimming, running, trained Olympians, national champions, Pan American Games champions. Still, as the father of two former college athletes and now having a multi-sport athlete here at home, there's a specific age group that I wanna hear more about, the 18 and younger crowd. He and his highly skilled team at Viking Performance Training in Morgantown, West Virginia have trained since he opened the gym in the summer of 2014. Now, we all know how competitive and let's face it, crazy youth and high school sports have become over the years. And my special guest has mastered what works and what doesn't to best navigate a young athlete's formative years. He, he knows this stuff, folks. Just check out these degrees and positions of authority he holds, just to give you a, a little idea. Master's degrees in exercise physiology and athletic coaching education. National Strength and Conditioning Association Certified Strength and Conditioning Coach. Collegiate Strength and Conditioning Association Certified Coach. Certification through USA Weightlifting. He's the current USA Powerlifting State Chair for West Virginia, and most recently became a best-selling author as he co-wrote a book entitled The Greatest Lessons I Learned from Being an Entrepreneur, Volume 3. So please welcome to the show the East Coast Viking himself, Jerry Handley. Jerry, thanks for joining me. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, Victor. I really appreciate the invite to be here and the intro. It's funny because you mentioned just those things and so often, like unless I'm actually being asked about a lot of like those things in the past, I usually like, they're very rarely in my mind. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, it's a fun step outward to be like, oh yeah, those things happened. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it laid the foundation you know, for what yeah. you've become and, and what you've done and what you continue to do. And and for those of you who may not know, I had an opportunity uh, about a year, year and a half ago, I think, maybe even almost two years. It's been a while to actually go and meet Jerry for the first time in person and and tour his gym over in Morgantown. And you, you can just feel the electricity. You can feel the passion you can feel there's a group there, young and old, who are there for one reason and one reason only, to improve themselves each and every day, mentally, emotionally, physically. And we know that's not always the case in youth and, and high school sports. We've seen and heard just, I mean, just 
horrid stories about what takes place at those at those levels, especially when the competition becomes more important than the journey itself. Take me through what you've learned the most about youth and high school sports and athletes specifically that have helped mold what your gym and your philosophy have become over the years. Yeah, for us, um, what one quick tidbit. It's funny that you mentioned your visit because that was one year ago last week, I think. It wasn't. Oh, no, it seemed like longer ago for some reason. But yeah, I, I guess that just makes sense. Yeah. I almost never check my Facebook memories, but I just started doing it recently, just literally a, a few days ago. And I remember it like seeing that one. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, heck, I was like, that's awesome. I was wondering when that happened. Um, but no, yeah, like you said, for for us at the gym, the biggest difference, honestly, that makes the difference, especially for that 18 and under crowd, we think, it's that most places that they come across coaching, whether it's the actual sports coaching or the strength and conditioning side like we do, it's it's all about um well, it's all about the group or the team, which you know, sports-wise is very important. But then when it comes to the training side, it becomes a little bit different because everybody's needs are different and it just you just have you have different body types you have different mentalities when um, something that's really missed out on in that age group is you ha also have different growing patterns and points in the developmental spectrum you know you have some 16 year olds who still look kind of 13 and baby-faced haven't really hit growth spurts yet they're competing against 15 year olds who might look 20 already, you know, like there's different development patterns going in there. And so for us, really, that's where the difference is, is that for them, like most of the time where they're at the workout is the workout is first for us, the actual individual is first. So we're focusing on them and what they need. We, all the, like all the clients that we have, all those, all those athletes, we're training them for what, for not only their own goals, but then their body type, their experience and how they're actually developing. And then as a big process of that is we also have to, we, we get to know them because it's, it's, um, it's like a very like intimate setting at the gym. It's not just like walk in, it's a group. We don't know their names type of thing. Like every single one of our coaches know every single one of our clients names, you know, they know all of us. Uh, like I'm personally a first name basis type of guy. So, you know, we call them by first name. They're not just last names on a chart and same thing. Like it's, I'm not like, there's nothing against the, nothing wrong with this, of course, but just personally, I've never been the type of coach, quote unquote, who liked to be called coach Handley or something like that. It's just call me Jerry. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Uh, but I was like that when I was at the college level at WVU and it, it's just spread that here. So really, so the combination of really focusing on individuals, on the individual athletes and the individual kids, and then also getting to know them. And you know, they pick up on that very well, that they, you know, that's a big part of it. Like that's where, um, that's where a huge part of us seeing success in them comes from. Oh, absolutely. And I said, I saw it firsthand, even the, the brief amount of time that I was there. But I also follow you very closely on social media because, like I said earlier, I've got, you know, I've had two you know sons who played college athletics up at Bethany College, not far from where, where Jerry is located in Morgantown, and also have a 12-year-old who's a soccer player, now a lacrosse player, and getting to that age where strength and conditioning is starting to become you know, or needs to become more and more important 
just for not just overall performance, but overall health. So here's a two part question for you, because it pertains to the student athlete himself or herself and the parents. And we all know what happens when parents become involved in youth sports. Then we got a real problem in a lot of cases. But what's the most important lesson out of all of them that a youth athlete, a student athlete needs to learn? And, and on the flip side, what's the most important lesson that same student athlete's parents need to learn when it comes to strength and conditioning and athletics as a whole? Good questions. For the athlete, I'm going to say that it's you have to be consistent in your efforts, and those efforts have to include being willing, like being willing slash accepting dealing with adversity, because it's not going to always go the way you want you want to. I mean, because the the reason I put it that way, okay, is first they have to understand that you have to play a long term game whenever it comes to to sports and development. And, you know, it's the same way with health and fitness, exact same idea, just the, the focus and the targets are different, but it's that same thing. Like they can't just, they can't just train for two weeks or one month. You got to train longer than that. And you can't train for four months, but only make it one out of every three scheduled workout sessions. You need to be consistent with showing up and really stack those workouts up because really each individual workout, it's almost like stacking up a little win, you know, so stacking those wins to create that foundation. Um, so that's the biggest one. But then there also has to be the understanding to where I've seen some I've seen some people like both young and old alike who feel like if they do that, then then something reaching a target is guaranteed. And that sets yourself up for ver for like for a possible breakdown, depending on how you kind of take that. And so what that is, is we really we really try to emphasize how, you know, you're controlling what you can control and the consistency of the effort. You're putting yourself in the best possible situation to to hit those goals, whether it's just, to, you know, to make the varsity team, to earn a starting spot to actually win games and championships to get um to get like a you know colleges inviting you to their campus or scholarships but in the end you still can't like those things are still have either up to somebody else or external variables so they may not necessarily happen the way you want them to so it's really understanding how the strength and conditioning part is really just a big exercise in learning how to commit yourself to a process in hard work and putting the effort in, but also being able to roll with the punches and keep going with that hard work and effort. So for the, for the 18 and under crowd, the, the, those are the big ones for the parent. It's um, I mean, a lot of it, it really is kind of the same way, but in a different way, like for the parent, it's mostly, you know, give them the tool. Like, you know, if you're able to give them the tools and the abilities to succeed. Um, but then otherwise just don't try to micromanage it too much, you know, that, it, and that goes both ways. We'll see, you know, sometimes there are parents who want their, who you can tell that they're pushing, pushing the kid into doing things the kid doesn't even necessarily want to do. Um, just because, you know, they feel like it's the right thing. They feel they have the kid's best interest in mind or it's just what they want and they're not really thinking about the kid, you know, to be honest. It could be any of those. 
but it also happens on the flip side too. Like sometimes the parents won't want to do something just because they wouldn't like, they don't feel there's a value in it, but the kid really wants to do it. And so, you know, like, so just really finding those, those mixes, those even grounds of where your kids really want to thrive and really want to like test themselves out and commit to and giving them those opportunities without being the one managing it. Cause it's funny because we'll get combinations of in the same day, you know, we might have one parent come in. This is one of our typical scripts, <laughs> so to speak, you know, is a parent will come in and say, yada, 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 yada. We keep telling them this, but we know, but they need someone else to tell them that, you know, like that, like there's that type of parental thing, like, okay. So they're trying to give their kid advice on working or trying to get, trying to start getting fitter or stuff like that. But they're like, okay. They're not listening to mom and dad, so let's get a professional to do it. Um, and then at the same exact, you know, the same day, the next person who walks in the door might instead say, okay, you know, well, we're kind of looking at this. Um, let's go over the options we do. And then the kid will be really, really, really excited. But the parent might say something like, oh, like, we don't know because this is real. This is something we feel like we could just do in our basement if we wanted to. But we just can't get him to do it. And it's like... That's not really how it works either. <laughs> it's like, you know, like that's not exactly what this is about. Um, so really just trying to remember that when it comes to your kids' performance and just overall like physical development, do your best you can to just be that guide. But really in the end, like this is what I see my job as a coach too, is we're not even so much developing them, I say, as we're pointing them in the in the direction they need to go and then they develop themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh it's I love how you mentioned, you know, just the parents involvement. And we know in some cases it's going to be a positive experience, at least you hope. But on the flip side, I mean, we always hear about those parents, the the helicopter parents who the parents who th always think they know best, or as you put it, you know, those parents who you know, really almost want to vicariously live through their kids. So they want to push them in directions that maybe the kids A aren't prepared for or B don't want to go in. And I'll share a quick story with you. A few years back, I coached a young man who was an aspiring uh, kicker in football, soccer player that moved to the mm -hmm. football side of things. And great young man. I loved working with him. Hardworking kid, really focused, really dedicated with a, with a parent who was, let's just say, over the top, to put it, to put it mildly. And one day the kid just mm -hmm. didn't show up. And the father came in wondering where he was. The kid took off. Oh, wow. He was so he was so at his wits end with his father just being so overbearing, for lack of a night, you know, uh, worse word, uh, that he just gave it all up. You know, and to this day, I don't know what happened to the kid. I mean, that's that's the that's the sad thing. You just don't know what happened, what direction he went in. And oh, I man. know you have. Plenty and plenty of those stories. So from a mental and emotional perspective, how important is it to really make that connection with these young athletes to really not just get a sense of where they're at physically, but where they are here and here mentally and emotionally? Oh, it's the most important thing, like no doubt. Um, and one of the things to remember, too, is like, you know, we need to be aware that we're doing that. And just always do our best at it and and never give up on it. Cause 
like and again this does go to every age group but again but it's so but it's so direct to that young like younger crowd is we don't necessarily know how they actually like being around us or the experience of training like we can never be 100% that's just one of those things that i've learned over time is we've had we've had clients who you know i thought were like in it for life absolutely loved it and then just once that the training season ends um we never see them again like you know that's just a reality of it we don't we, we don't know why necessarily they had, they they had great things to say when they were there but on the flip side you know there'll be clients who almost don't say a word for a couple of months they're just like a shy kid you don't know if it's because they don't like it because they're you know for what reason it is and then we start hearing from their parents you know how much they love it and you know how they're telling their friends about it all of a sudden you know they invite like three of their friends to join in the, in the same week or something like that. So it's, it's never visibly apparent just from like the surface. So we really have to make sure that we're just always trying to like connect with them. And, and, and cause like one of my core values is that they actually enjoy the process. That's one of the actual Viking core values is enjoying the process. And that comes cause I mean, that's how I got here. Like that's, that's it was just, I got invited to train uh, with a friend of mine when I was 13 years old and I was actually not expected to continue. Like I, I was the friend, I was literally the token friend invited to be his company. <laughs> and everybody assumed that I would be the first one to quit. Cause like at that point I was just, uh, I just played video games and some baseball, but nothing else, but I enjoyed it. And that's what kept me going. And, you know, it's just crazy to think that that one invite to just simply come try something out has literally been the course changer for my life. You know, like me training every career that I've like, you know, like the, the business, the career before that, it's all come from that. So really making sure that they're like, or doing the best we can to really ensure that they actually enjoy the process of training. It, it, you know, it goes both ways. I want them to enjoy the process of training because they'll get more out of it and stick with it longer, but then also just enjoy it plus the atmosphere because, you know, they're, they're paying clients at the same time. So the more they enjoy that, the longer they'll remain clients and hopefully the more they'll help us get more clients as it goes. So, so anyway, just that connection is, is super important. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And a lot of times it might just be simply good energy and other times you never know when, when it could be going way, way deeper. Like, you know, like um, it's, it's some of those things that feels weird to say out loud sometimes, but like, you know, we as trainers might be the ones holding them together sometimes. Agreed. 100% agreed. I'm glad you mentioned though, that you started at 13 because it, it's a, un, un, unbeknownst to you, that was the segue to my next question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um you, you mentioned you started training at 13, and I see this all the time. I get asked this quite often, especially once people know that I've had, you know, my, you know, my, my, two older, my two oldest sons, you know, played youth sports growing up and went on to play lacrosse in college, and I've got a 12-year-old who's an athlete. Is there, to you, is there an age where you say it's, you know, either A, too dangerous to start training or just too young to start training? And does the specific age group you know, lend itself to the type of program that you will utilize for a young athlete? Or is it an individual by individual basis? No, for sure. Like this type of stuff I love talking about. Okay, so 
too dangerous no <laughs> it's like, um, it's done always, right <laughs> and it's um you even see that with you know toddlers where they have like their you know fake weight play sets and stuff <laughs> and so and that's pretty much the key is like is it something that is appropriate for them to be able to to like lift pick up whatever um in terms of too young to work with uh i can't wait if you know listeners who have no idea who i am for for us personally it's under three (laughs) well i know you've got the real young kids group asterisk yeah i was gonna say like there's a big asterisk to this so we have yeah like our strong kids program that one is um like starts it used to be four we kept getting asked by three-year-old parents so like three ish um and it goes up until 11 divided into like an older and younger age group now for i'll come back to that but then for us actually like training them training them in a more traditional setting we don't have an official age on that or the our youngest tend to be nine and ten and which is which is still young you know but um so much of this in both of those groups comes down to the I don't want to say maturity, but just like how much the kids can stay on things provided with the, with the environment that they have. So with that older setting where we're doing like training, training, the the nine and 10 year olds, and we've had some eight year olds who do it, who've come in and done really well. It's because they come in and they they just go through process well, like we'll, you know, we'll uh, either they'll be one on one or or we'll do the best we can to give them extra attention in our more open uh, private training uh, or personal training scenarios. I mean, and so we, we try to give them that extra attention it, like, and give them as one-on-one as possible. So that way we're not just seeing their technique, but it's also just as much to be like guidance, keep them going. And again, get them knowing, because especially when you get to that younger group, the more that they get to talk to somebody freely and naturally then 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 the more that they become comfortable with them and with the youngest group you know their actual kids program that one comes down into matching the energy plus what they do so that one's done almost like i consider our strong kids program like it's a more functional gym class it's like what gym class ideally should be i'm gonna say it's <laughs> so yeah so for the younger group it's set up like structured play. Um, but I mean, you got to have coaches or trainers who do that, who are really good with kids, mm-hmm. you know, like they, they got to have that. Um, and then are also good at just like, um, again, like wrangling kids and like enough to whether it's single file line or get them going one at a time or, you know, showing them where to go next. And then for that, we do a lot more like in terms of what are they actually doing? we do a lot more like a basic movement like stuff, but it's like basic human movement. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're not really worried about like, Oh, let's teach them really early how to squat, but instead it's, you know, let's just get them better at pushing things like just simply using their bodies to create, to see how strong they are. So we don't put limits on that, but so it might be like a favorite for those, for those youngest kids, for example, is like medicine ball loading medleys. So we'll just use some different boxes and have different medicine balls. You know, they run up to it, lift the ball up onto the box. Then maybe they crawl up on the box to the other side and go to the next. And 
these kids, you know, like they might be four or five years old, but a lot of them can actually pick up like a 16 pound medicine ball or even a 20 pound medicine ball and put it on a ledge. Um, Cause they have no concept of the, they know it's harder, but they have no concept really of like, Oh, this is X amount of weight. Let me think about it. Like I promise you an adult thinks about a 20 pound medicine ball a hundred times more than a five-year-old. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> to a five-year-old, it's, it's just a medicine ball that is, harder to it's just a ball that is harder to move um but so they'll do things like that and again like pushing sleds or pulling like tug of war where they mysteriously beat the coach somehow you know um so that's what we do in the youngest group and then as it goes up with that group it's it still may keeps that like overall more functionality less less like traditional exercise driven type of program it just does get, get a little bit more structure. But same thing. Like our biggest thing is regardless of age, we don't put limits on on anybody. So we we don't like like preconceived limits. Again, because I mean, especially as a coach or as a trainer, you should be able to see it. Like you should be able to know when something is pretty much a um, I mean, yeah, just like too much, or they're not doing it correctly enough and they won't. Like you can see those things. I hope, I really hope you can see those things. So rather than put a limit ahead of time, we just do that. And then they really get to test themselves. And it's crazy. Cause like I said, we'll have, um, like, I know, I know I've had like, like seven and eight year olds who've picked up like hundred pound kettlebells at the gym and deadlifting. Um, they also have awesome leverage. Cause you know, they only have to pick it up like two inches sometimes <laughs> to, to lock out. But, but again, it's like, they don't, again, they don't have, know, and they love testing themselves and seeing what they can do. So once they just start getting into it, it becomes like, if you take kids to, well, here's one of the things, you know, we don't have an age, since we don't have an age limit, kids will just come in. A lot of gyms don't even allow kids below 14, 16, you name it. Um, which is like a built-in professional advantage for us. But they come in, We I joke that we wouldn't even have to actually have a class because we could honestly just let the kids into the weight room and start the clock for like an hour and then call it. And they would be playing, and they would be like in there running around the whole time because gym equipment is like a playground mm -hmm. to these younger kids, especially boxes, ropes, they love to do like self-propelled treadmills, see how many kids we can get on. Like, it's just funny. Like it's, it's intuitively interesting to them. And so they want to see what they can do. So really the biggest thing with those younger groups is again, making sure that you're watching and give, doing everything you can to show them how to do it correctly. We put it, you know, we put it in different patterns, tell them what to do, how many reps we want them to do it. But otherwise it's just like a lot of it is just um, their own self-regulation with weights. You know, we'll give them the ones out, but if it looks good, we'll bring other, we'll bring bigger ones in, you name it. With the older groups, like I said, well, like I said, older, but as we start as young as usually eight, nine, 10, um, the, the slightly younger ones usually still do well with a little extra supervision. Um, like I remember probably the first eight-year-old we, we have, we had maybe two eight-year-olds. <laughs> so probably the first eight-year-old we had was working out with his family of, he was one of five. So he had two older brothers and both parents were working. So, you know, they really, that really helped keep him just engaged and on task. Um, like the mom or the dad would, you know, be with him a lot. Um, 
Whereas the other other ones that age, a lot of times are just that they're what you know might be called quote unquote mature for their age. Not even necessarily physically, but just you can tell that something has gotten them to where they they like just getting down, being like doing the work, loving it, uh, and just pushing themselves like that. Oh, absolutely. You know, you need to have one of those for adults, though, kind of that structured play time. <laughs> not wrong. Like, stru- yeah, structured play and then naps. And then naps. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's that's a definite. That that, that would sell me right there. Yep, yep. Uh, now, but it's like, uh, just, I just want to, like, add one more thing to that. It's like sure. something that I actually remind uh, my coaches of a lot, and it's a big thing that I also bring up if I um, – like just like last week, I gave a guest lecture at at West Virginia University for one of their senior classes, and it was it, in that case it was on just careers you can get into after exercise physiology, and but one of the things I usually I find myself bringing up a lot is that when you see these things every day they become quite normalized, but if you take that little step out just to look back in, when you do these things right again it could be normal like it is normal. But it's not every day when you take that step out and appreciate it like you that's when you can tell that something special is going on. And I said, like one of our biggest ones, I said, we have middle school girls, I mean, who are outlifting at least half of the girls I, I had or I saw when I was at WVU in college, like female athletes. I said, because I mean, it's like said, so like they their capabilities are incredible. Just most of them don't get tested or developed until much later, if ever at all. So again, that goes back to as long as we see that they're doing things correctly and we can really show, like continue to show them how to do things correctly. And then also start with like easier, simpler development and just take our time building up. Like if I won't let, I won't let a parent sign a kid up for like four or five days a week, if they're like 11 years old, something like that. It's like, like, you know, like they're, they're at the perfect age to get started. Um, They could honestly get, see improvement with one day a week, two, two to three days a week, like two days a week will probably be a sweet spot for this kid. Three days a week would, would be like a cherry on top, but you know, it's like with that and just really embracing long-term development, starting with just a minimal load and really taking your time building up because that's when you really get to lengthen the, like that, that development time frame. Instead, so many people want to go straight into more intense programs and a that's one of the things that encourages the burnt like burnout you know you go in b then you end up you know you may also just mentally like well not just burn out that way but you may get injured more if it's if it's intense right off the bat but then even if those two things don't happen c your best case scenario is you end up like you end up basically cutting the legs out from underneath your long-term development if you go straight into like a hard, intense program, and th- again, this kind of goes for any age again, but if you go into any, you go straight into a harder, intense program, you remove your body's ability to improve through lesser programming pretty much for life. Like, it's like you, you can't go backwards, you know, like it has to continue being something that challenges you. So if you go into something intense from the beginning, you lost you lost all those months, even maybe years that you could have developed with something easier. What are your thoughts on, and I, I get this a lot as as well, but and I'm sure you do too, and probably well more often than I do, is sport specific training, you know, where 
you may think a football player has to train differently than say a basketball player or a baseball player. What are your thoughts on that? And how do you find that, that blend of maybe sports specific training with the overall physical fitness that they're going to need, regardless of what sport they play? Right. It's, it's semantics. It really is. It's um, cause it makes complete sense if you're defining it correctly, but so many people, like you said, think of sports specific as this has to be completely different. Mm -hmm. And like basically, so I've always seen, I've always seen um, like strength, like physical performance as like a pyramid that you're in essence building where you try to build that strong foundation and then you do more intense things, start working on more specific things as you get higher up to the peak of the pyramid. And then ideally over time though, you keep, you can, you keep going back to a foundation, making it bigger. Cause then as you go up again, you can make that top of the pyramid taller. Like that's how I've seen it for a long time. And to a lot of people, the sports, what they think of a sports specific is like that peak of the pyramid. So they want to do something different from the beginning. And really what it comes down to is, like there are sp detailed specifics that are slightly, that are a little bit better for some people to do in one sport versus another. And, and so at, at Viking performance, we do focus on those details at that time. But when we're working on the foundation and getting at and yet getting these kids, um, you know, making sure that they're ready to train, making sure that they're doing it correctly getting their strength endurance up and getting their body a little bit more developed, progressively getting stronger, progressively working on becoming faster and learning how to run better, change directions better. Those involve the same tools and in, in, in pretty similar workouts throughout most of the way up. There's just little. Um, so what we'll do is we'll add little details here and there that will slightly help them with their sport more. Um so, but again, like, so the majority, like the other things will be very similar, but it might be something like in their warm up, baseball pitch, like baseball, softball, volleyball, tennis, those athletes will, will you know, might have a little bit more like arm care in their warm up, whereas basketball, soccer, lacrosse, um, like you know running may have more like ankle like ankle care and uh, like say hip mobility in their warm-up they might have a little bit more um so details like that or you know like wrestlers football um baseball again softball they might find us adding in grip work a little bit more often in their workout so, you know, they might suddenly find that they have like they're using fat bars for a few more exercises versus normal bars um, or adding fat grips to some dumbbells, things like that, to get more of that forearm and grip strength that will help them in their sport a little bit. But again, like it's uh, we're not changing everything. We're finding little places to insert details like that and variables where, in essence, we use sports. We do sports specific we target the sports part a lot through little variables and details, whereas we're still focusing on things like just getting stronger, faster, more in shape with the broader picture of the training. And then like programming wise, it's not till kind of the right before the season part gets where things get like maybe get radically different. And that's just, you know, are we looking more at keeping strength up? Or are we focusing more on getting their speed or their jump? 
um, like to like the highest degree that they can, things like that. So it's just the, like those needs, but it's not yes a magical formula. The um, the biggest thing that drives me nuts is when people take sports specific, and they think it means do things that look like your sport almost exclusively, because that almost never that's been that's been a dud for thirty years, but people still do it. Well, that's unfortunately what all that some people may know, and they obviously their their knowledge and expertise don't go anywhere near what you have, for example. So now I know you spent 10 years as a strength and conditioning coach at your alma mater at West Virginia University. So you went from the collegiate ranks and you've coached athletes that have moved on to much, much higher levels, you know, the world's highest levels. So what was the transition like when now you're going from these elite level, older adult athletes to now dealing with the younger generation on a daily basis. What's that transition been like? Um, You know, like it was, I mean, there, there's definitely been different, but it wasn't anything too crazy or severe in essence, because I still treated my college athletes the same way. And now that was actually part of eventually why I decided to leave college strength and conditioning was because I still had, like, I still had athletes who I wanted to enjoy the process. And, you know, a big difference was they had to work out. And, you know, again, the athletes who come to me now are, you know, have someone in the family choosing uh, to pay for it. So they don't have to. Um, so they had to before, but nevertheless, it's like my style it's still it, it's still that like positive, silly, I want you to enjoy this. Like when I'm training and especially that energy's up, I mean, I am like hyper aggressive, but I'm, I'm a very positive, hyper aggressive person. Like I'm, I've never been that like break someone down, MF them, like treat it like a military style drill. And I get like that, like I'm a firm believer that coaches and trainers, I mean, need to like need to be very aware and just authentic with their coaching personality. Like, you know, don't be something you're not. Like, you know, if if the military, for lack of a better term, style of training is, if that's what you do, like, do it. You know, but if that's not you, don't try to do something that's not you. Um, and I, I developed, I just got to naturally develop in those 10 years. Like, I'm beyond thankful for all the experiences that I learned from it. Because I worked at some point in time with all 15 varsity sports WVU had at that time uh, over those 10 years. And what I found was, you know, not just are the workouts different uh, for the different teams. Um, but I just found, you know, there's different cultures in different teams, but both sports and teams in general. And I just organically started taking myself and kind of shifting myself to what version of myself will fit the best in this, in this situation. Um, like I'll never forget. There was a big coaching change, like a big staff change in at, towards the end of my fourth year there. And because of that, I suddenly found myself in charge of gymnastics. Well, actually like I was in charge of almost the whole department for two months. It sucked, <laughs> but, but, um, but one of the teams I went took over was gymnastics. And they loved their strength coach who had it, but, but um, like she had gone on to another university. So I took over and I was just talking on the first day, you know, like I was just simply going over the workout, the situation. And all of a sudden, like three girls in the back started crying. And, and I just remember thinking, I was like, I don't think I've done anything yet. Like what, like what just happened? Um, 
But I said like it. So I mean, it was weird. That was just one of those little things like that. Where on the other hand, I remember that like one of my uh, like this story actually comes up in that that the next book you and I have where we're together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the story comes up like it's basically one of the moments that the define was a big step in me coaching wise. Um, where it was with the WVU football team, and it was a day that I basically just like lost it, but it'll get in that good way. Like, so like one of the last things holding me back, like snapped. And I was just able to like really take the guys I was working with to the higher level they needed to be on that day. And, and it was noticed by like the entire room and the coaches and everything else. And I just remember that feeling like, had I done that with say again, like gymnastics or women's tennis or even like men's like um try to like men's baseball or something at that particular time it would have had a different uh it would have had a different reaction so just learn to base like that it wasn't really a, a thing that i thought of purposefully but i did start to notice it just going in matching pretty much every team's energy that i thought they needed and that has been one of the best things that's like really taken that lesson and brought it to uh, the business now and with all those athletes. Cause again, I guess I still have that higher energy. I still am definitely what most people consider silly. Um, and, but again, it just matches like a, a more positive energy. Everybody's there around. So I'm not in there giving them the same thing that they get when they're around just their sports coaches or at school. Well, you, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, your, your energy level, your your personality, your your silliness, as you, as you put it, um, I imagine. Well, I, I imagine. Plus, with the beard game, you know, and and obviously, folks, I may have to post some videos just so you can see it. You can't see it on the show here, but the beard game makes me extremely jealous. For somebody that you know, I look like a chia pet when mine tries to grow out. Some spots grow, some spot some spots don't. You know, so I'm very jealous. And, and impressed with Jerry's beard game. But where does, and I'm assuming the beard plays a role in this, where does the East Coast Viking persona, where did that come from and how does yeah. that play into everything you do? Yeah, so um, so the beard is one year older than the gym. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like, again, that just kind of happened. And I mean, okay, so the Viking part came initially from growing up, yeah, I, I was I was completely in the nerd camp, basically, and I loved mythology, uh, all types, you know. And actually, like I still have somewhere in here in my office, um, I actually found it when moving when moving some books out, like uh, the first mythology book that I remember having and reading over and over when I was a kid. And it's a mixture of both Greek and Norse mythology in that book. So I just got into it then, like, you know, just the stories, the fantasticalness, whatever. And then just over time, I just started like uh, just also starting to learn and appreciate some of the more positive aspects of, say, like Viking culture um, or just what they did. Like, because, uh, you know, I feel I felt like growing up in school, they focused on the you know, the, the real, very real, but more negative parts of it, but just the other, you know, they're like everybody else, you know, they just had, there's good and bad to all, to all parts of the, of the culture of society. But I really started to focus on like their, their sense of adventure, their sense of achievement, um, 
what they felt was a was a life well lived and how they wanted to push themselves for it. Um, like for example, you know, like Vikings have a sense of fatalism to their to their personal mythology. Like they believe that their you know their fate is already set. Like like you know how their life ends is set. To a lot of people, that could mean oh well, there's nothing we can do. Like so, that's already going to happen. We'll just do whatever we want to. Forget it. Um, but the way they saw it was instead like, okay, my end is set, so I need to do everything I can between here and there so that so that like the gods, the world notices me. That's how they saw it. And that was, you know, like any religious reference aside, to me, that was one of the biggest parts that came from it was like they wanted to do the most that they they could with with the life that they had within them. And that was really one of the biggest parts. And so when it came around and decided to open the gym, again, like that was just kind of one of the first things that came to mind. And it, and it was actually one of my best friends who was living on my couch at the time. Um, it's, it's crazy. Like, so uh, this friend of mine, he had been on the strength staff previously with me at WVU, um, but had come back to town, was just currently staying with me at the time and within the same month we set we we magically both became gym owners like two miles apart <laughs> so um he ended up getting a chance to buy into a crossfit gym he'd got like he'd become a big part of the same month that i was opening but he was actually the one sitting there when we were coming like brainstorming the suggested viking performance training and so so really that was first the the east coast viking part that's relatively newer because again people would just say like the viking and again, that was more put on that was more people putting it on me than me actually saying <laughs> like i call myself the viking um i think mark was actually mark zalmanoff was actually the first one to actually say the east coast viking and it just stuck i really liked it like from the get-go <laughs> Why, why am i not surprised by that yep. usually stuff happens and mark zalmanoff has his hand in it exactly exactly i said like since it fits so well like not just a business brand but like how other what other people would actually say or call me i was like oh that's perfect <laughs> oh, oh absolutely it fits you to an absolute t yeah, that's that's for sure but i'm i'd never really heard the full story so folks you're hearing you're hearing about it the same time i am so which, which is great it was it was even even more than i thought it was going to be which is awesome um one final question before we wrap things up and we'll let everybody know where they can find you and learn more about the East Coast Viking. Best-selling author most recently, going to be it again. And 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 thankfully this right. time I'm coming along for the ride as well uh, for this next one, hopefully here in the next, uh, next month or two. Um, you'll be hearing more about it. I'm sure Jerry will be publicizing it. You know damn well I am. You know, so uh, being my first time around. So uh but where do you see yourself? Where does the East Coast Viking and Viking performance training go from here? I want to be, so I got two pieces. One, just business-wise, I've been working for a long time at really leveling myself up as a leader and as a true business owner, um, meaning really building something that functions just as well, if not better, than what I envisioned and when I'm there um without necessarily me being a part of that so that's a big one it's like i'm really been focusing on staff development really been focusing on getting the business systems down and you know there's still a lot to do there but i really see that 
you know, once that happens, just clearly being a big difference maker. Um, and, and that'll be great. Cause like every experience at the gym will be great. That's my focus on that again, whether I'm there or not. But then for me, I have, I have been an educator for a very long time. I think this comes with, again, this comes with just like, uh, I got into strength and conditioning because of variables for God's sake. Like, it's like, I wasn't, it wasn't because I was a former athlete. I mean, yeah, I started training my ass off in high school after a couple of years after starting. And that's what really got me that point. But I love studying it, researching it, all the variables that are in play, um, you know, infinite variables, really, when you're talking about human adaptation and movement. So that interested me. And then when I was uh, at WVU, I also got to start teaching at like the, the classes. And I ended up actually teaching longer than I coached there. I, I, I ended up teaching classes for 12 years. Um, they have a strength and conditioning minor program that I uh, that took me six years to develop. Super painstaking process for any academics in here. <laughs> it's like like so many approvals that it has to go through. Um, but I love, but I, I like, again, I just liked teaching for a long time. And it's for the same reasons I love these types of talks right here. Like, even if this wasn't an interview, I would love just having this talk with you. And Absolutely. just, it's, yeah, it's just like, it's, um, it's a passionate setting about a pat. It's a, about with a passionate topic. And to me, that's like the best type of teaching there is aside from just actually teaching, you know, having somebody do it. But if I'm going to have somebody listen like if I want to listen to somebody, I want to talk to somebody who like loves what they're talking about. And because of that love knows it inside and out. Um, I mean, so with that, that's where as a lot of my future goals that are either being worked on now or are very close in the docket go to is I really want to do more writing. Um, I really want to like start take like start honing in on uh, this YouTube channel. Like it already exists. There's already things put up there. We like on a fairly regular basis, but nowhere near as much as I would like. Uh, like re really want to hammer on that um, podcast as well is actually later today. I I'm hoping to be finishing the touches to finally release what I'm going to call the first podcast. Cause I have a, a professional counseling friend of mine who we've been doing live broadcast on Facebook for two years now with like 50 recordings, you know, so it, it basically took us, he jokes, it took us two years to decide to go ahead and start with episode one. <laughs> so it's like, so we're to go ahead and, you know, just finally turn that into a podcast, start putting it there. Um, I'm a, I'm a physical professional who loves the men mental game. He's a mental professional who loves the physical game. So that's what we talk about in that podcast is just changes for that. Um, asymmetric habits will be the name of that, by the way. Um, right after that, I plan on starting podcast number two, which will be more just me, but talking to like, I haven't fully even ironed it out yet, but I'm really looking at talking to what myself, but then also guests coming in who can help again, those like younger athletes with different environments, like either talking about different parts of college experience or just ways to maximize high school you name it, you know, like so many of these, see how it really organically develops. Um, yeah, so podcast writing and YouTube are the main places I see I see myself really wanting to hone in on. Awesome. Well, share with everyone where they can find you on social media so they can learn more about who you are, what you do, what your plans are now and in the future, and 
and really to, to get more information because I know there's plenty of parents out there who need that right level of guidance and that person who can provide that guidance. So where can they find you? Yeah, I mean, you can find on, you know, and find me on Facebook, you know, Jerry Hanley or Viking Performance Training. Like, you know, has its own page as well. The even the kids program does have its own Facebook page, just strong kids. The on Instagram, pretty active there as well. Uh it's like personally, it's at real Jerry Handley. It's H-A-N-D-L-E-Y. Um, the the Viking page is the real Viking performance on Instagram. And then I'm also like, uh, those are the main ones. Like I said, YouTube is, is, is there gets information, but I plan on building that one. So it's find a Viking performance training YouTube page. Those would be the main ones. So folks go out and find them. Cause I know there's plenty of you. I could have used, you know, somebody like you back in the day with my two oldest boys. So I know you can, you can provide you a font of information, you know, really, you know, help people guide them in the right direction. Cause we know, the minefields that exist when it comes to youth and and high school sports and and to avoid and be able to navigate through you know, a very unique and complex time in, in a young athlete's you know life. So Jerry, I appreciate you coming on. This has been awesome. You know, I said it, it was it was great meeting you in person just about a year ago, and it's great to do this now a year later. Thank you as always for uh, for all your time and and all your great information. You got it, Victor. I really appreciate the invite. So it's been a great time talking and, and getting to know you. Yeah, the yeah, the last 18 months or whatever it's been. And continue Absolutely. to do it. Well, folks, thanks again for joining in. Thanks once again to Jerry Handley for being on the show. Don't forget, subscribe, like, leave a great review, share this podcast with anyone and everyone you cross paths with in life, because somebody out there, anybody need, that you know that needs to know that generational health begins with you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope what you've heard on the show truly resonates with you. If you want to learn more about the health and fitness services I provide, including my new Fit Family Foundations membership program, head to my website, fernandezfit.com. If you're ready to connect with me about health and fitness coaching, shoot an email to ocmdfernandezfit at gmail.com or a text to 814 814- 504-7774. And of course, you can find me on social media, Victor Fernandez123 on Facebook, as well as Fernandez Fit LLC on both Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, always remember the foundation of your family's health begins with you. <laughs>